All right, guys, welcome back to season two, episode one of Shades of Strong, formerly known as Get Naked Live. As you guys know, we had to do a name change from Get Naked Live to Shades of Strong. So yeah, welcome to season two, episode one. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and joining me behind the mic is my beautiful co-host, Natalyn Bradshaw, also known as Natty. Hey, Natty, how the heck are you, honey? I'm good. Real, real good. Glad to be here. Wonderful. How's your weekend? What'd you get into this weekend? Actually, I had a pretty good weekend. I um, what did I do? I feel like I I needed a lot of rest on Saturday, so I actually did that. And my husband and I went out later. I think it was just transparent or whatever, but it was really nice out, and that was a good change because it's been kind of yeah, because we're bo- we're both in the south, and I know you're in Virginia, I'm in Mississippi, but we kind of sort of get the same weather. And I know Saturday was like probably in the 70s, I think here, but then Ooh, Sunday wow. it dropped back down to like maybe 50, 55. And so Saturday was pretty pleasant, and you know we got out and, and hung out a little bit. But yeah. Sunday, girl, I was on the sofa all day long. Yeah, you know, just one of those weekends where you just kind of chill out. Everything's all, you know, it's good. You, My body needs that a lot more often now, like, because the way my blood pressure is set up, you know, I, I need that. Oh, yeah. So, and and the way my age is set up, I need that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this week's episode, you know. In our, in our welcome episode, we talked a little bit about, you know, having to change the name from Get Naked Live to Shades of Strong. And by now, everyone should know that story. And I want to say that, you know, I was a little discouraged because I was so in love with the name Get Naked Live because it was all about emotional nakedness. And I was like, yes, I love this name. But I will say that now that we've changed to Shades of Strong and because of what that whole thing means because being strong means so many things to so many people. Like it's many things to many people. And so to go into shade and then the word strong, like I'm so in love with the name shades of strong. So really getting those unpleasant emails and messages via Facebook, via Facebook was like a blessing in disguise. So I'm super, super, super excited about that because like I said in in our welcome episode that this is all about shifting the narrative of the strong black woman. And y'all know there are some things out there. We have been called everything emotional, confrontational, bitter, anger, angry. angry. I mean, like it's like everything. And so, and and I, I think for me, like the whole word shades is, says to me that I'm entitled to experience all of that. I can be angry. I can be emotional. I can be confrontational because I've made the choice to decide what being strong, what being strong means to me. And so that's what this entire movement is about, because this, this is not your regular smegular podcast, honey. This is a movement (laughs) and we are, we are going to change the world. Let me just go on record as saying that we are going to change the world. So I'm excited about everything that's coming down the pipeline. So today, Natty and I want to talk about what this shift is all about and why it's important to us. And like I said, you know, last season we talked about, you know, we, we shared our stories, but I think for me, when when I had guests on Natty and, we, and they were sharing their stories, what I heard a lot of people say while they were sharing their story is, I don't want to be strong anymore. I'm, I'm tired of being strong. And that kind of grieved my heart a little bit because for me, 
when I think about being strong, it's like for me, like I'm innately strong, I'm innately black, I'm innately woman, and I don't want to change that. So I don't think that being a strong black woman is some is, is a condition that we should aspire to rise above. I think that we as black women just need to have the courage to tell people, to tell the world, to tell our family and friends what being strong means to us. So I don't think that we really want to denounce or renounce being a strong black woman. I think that we just have not yet found the courage to tell people what being strong means to us individually. Oh, absolutely. I think part of the reason we kind of bristle at the thought of being seen as strong Black women is because we haven't been the ones defining what strong means for so long. Everyone else has been defining it for us. And usually when somebody else is defining you for you, it's always for their benefit. It's always their way of trying to control you. It's always for their gaze and for how they want to see you or how they want to to use you or think that you should be of use to them. It's all about them. It's never about you when someone else is defining you. And so the term strong is not a bad term, but because it's never been us fully defining it. I mean, yes, there have been women defining it. All uh, these great writers throughout history have been defining it. Great civil rights leaders have been defining it. But by and large, within society and without even with, even within our own families, it hasn't really been us defining it. I think about my mom and everything that she endured in life, everything that she tolerated, everything that she put up with until she just decided she wasn't going to put up with it anymore. It was all because someone else thought, well, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you just mm-hmm. buck up and you deal with this and you deal with that. And yay, you look how strong you are. And that never really was a that never really was it. For me, I I want to be the one that's defining strong for me. And I don't mind being strong. I don't mind thinking of myself as strong. But I'm gonna tell you right now, my definition of strong is not your definition. My definition of strong means that I have the freedom mm-hmm. and the ability and the space to be vulnerable whenever I want to. I have the freedom and the ability and the space to say. No, whenever I want to, mm-hmm. to ask for help when I need it. And I'm still learning how to do that, to receive when someone's offering something to me. And I'm still learning how to do that well. But that's what being strong means. Being strong to me means learning that vulnerability is not um, some kind of negative. Uh, being genuine and transparent and not being fake, <laughs> those are all good things. And so if I can walk through life, doing those things for myself and for others and not pretending that I'm fine when I'm not fine, Mm -hmm. then that's what strength is. It's when you get to be who you actually are and not having to play some kind of role and perform for other people. I I, I agree with that 100%. And so I I just want to kind of piggyback off of that because in my mind, I don't think that women really want to give up being strong. I think that somewhere down the line, we gave up our right to choose. We gave up our right to choose us. We gave up our rights to choose being emotional. We gave up our rights to choose being vulnerable. 
So it's not that we don't want to be strong. We just want to be able to choose. We want to be able to have the right to honor how we're feeling in any given moment. We want to, we want to be able to choose to take a break from life if we need to, you know, but for, for so long, we've, we've been caught up with in this thing where we've got to be everything to everybody. And then, and not only that, we, we we're caught up into negative emotion. For me personally, I don't think there's any such thing as a negative emotion. I, I, I believe that experiencing emotion is a is a natural response to whatever you're going through in That's that right. moment. There are no good and there are no negative emotions that you have a right to re, to to experience an emotion when you're going, just like you have, you have a right to experience happiness when something jubilant happens in your life. You have a right to experience that. You have a right to experience heartbreak. You have have a right to to even experience depression if that's what you're experiencing in that moment. There is nothing wrong with that. Now, when it becomes wrong, and I put wrong in air quotes, is is how we choose to respond to that. Because you can, you can be angry, but not, because even the Bible says be angry, but sin not. You can right. be angry, but not respond negatively in that emotion. So I think that that for us as, as Black women, we just need to take back our right to choose. Oh, absolutely. I think right now, you and I living in this age that we're living in now, we recognize this and we are making conscious choices. Mm -hmm. And I also recognize that for us, that's a luxury that our mothers and grandmothers did not have. I can't, I don't look at what my mom did and what my grandmothers did and blame them or say, oh, well, they shouldn't have put up with this. They shouldn't have put, they literally, like you said, they had no choice. There was no choice. There was no choice within the familial stru- within the familial structure, mm-hmm. and there was definitely no choice within greater society. Mm-mm. Especially, I think about my grandmothers. There was no way they were going to be able to really stand up for themselves, maybe the way they would have wanted to in society, not in Georgia. Like, no, nah, that wasn't. Go- I mean, yes, okay. there were women that did that, but there were some very real consequences for mm-hmm. our grandmothers and grandfathers. Mm-hmm. And those aren't the same consequences that maybe our mothers and fathers faced, but they still faced some consequences. And now I'm finding that the consequences that I might be faced with are far less. And so I'm seeing that as a very huge gift from God. And like all of my ancestors before me, like, take it, take it. And you tell them what you want, what you will and won't stand for. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have that choice now and I'm going to exercise it. We Yes, definitely. We've been afforded that luxury. But our grandparents are like, you can stand, try and stand up and fight for what you believe in if you want to and get knocked down. Right. You had to really think about how is this going to affect me? Absolutely. But also, how is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect our livelihood? They had to really sit down and think on that stuff. And we're not in that type of situation anymore. And I'm very grateful for that. We're in a different type of situation that still feels just as bad to me in certain ways, because I really hate the fact that I, I go, I go for a walk just about every day when the weather mm-hmm. is good. Well, as long as I'm feeling great, I really, really hate living where I live and, and being met with microaggressions just about every day. 
really hate being stared at as if I've got two heads. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. So you've never seen a woman before, or you've never. It's like I'm. I kid you not. And I have to make the choice to not let it produce so much rage in me that I just want to scream at everybody. And that's I have to be very aware, and I have to think about that. So how do you so handle I, it, Natty? When when you when you're faced with that, like, what is your natural? reaction to it aside from the question like have you never seen a woman before like what is your natural reaction to that the sometimes I've wanted to be petty mm-hmm. and literally just like stare back right <laughs> and like, but it's wow. the god in me that won't let me do it. <laughs> girl that's really it like I feel sort of bad for doing that before I've even done it and I'm like I do that <laughs> Fine, whatever. But there are other things, there are other reactions that I've had that I did not feel the least bit bad about. Like one thing that I decided to do like last year was if I'm walking somewhere and I've been walking this path for the last two and a half minutes or whatever, and then somebody is coming toward me, Mm -hmm. they've just come out and they're coming toward me. And, you know, like some, a a white person usually, because I mean, that's where I live now. And they are coming directly in, they're directly in my path to where we're going to bump into each other. I used to always be the one to move out of the way. I don't do that no more. No, I don't move out of the way. I'm like, either we're going to run into each other or you're going to move out of the way. Because that's literally all I've ever been doing my entire life. And it's like, I know that you came out here and you literally just saw me and you literally just got in front of me to where it's like, I have to go around you or move around you, but I'm not going around. You're going to have to go around. You saw me before I saw you. So listen, like, so those kinds of reactions, I don't feel bad about those. I don't feel like it's being petty or anything like that because it's like, wait, it goes back to what I was saying before about everyone else has been defining me. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is expected of me. You don't know me from Adam's toilet water, mm-hmm. yet you expect me to defer to you. Meanwhile, a lot of times, I, I mean, I might be, it might be someone that looks a little bit younger than me, or it might be a guy or something like that. I'm like, why am I deferring to you? It's like, you, you have never been taught to defer to others. This is going to be a, your opportunity to practice that because I'm not moving. Like, and I have felt a lot freer. <laughs> And, and sometimes the pettiness does come in, I, I will admit, because there have been sometimes, there have been a couple of times where I literally just acted like I ain't even see them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, nope, I'm going to be like whistling and like looking the other way and you either going to bump into me or you're going to walk around. And nine times out of 10 people have moved out of the way. There have been a couple of times where people literally have brushed up against me. I'm like, wow, so I really am invisible to you or what? Because, yo, like I don't ever bump into somebody. I don't ever just bump into somebody intentionally. I have this thing about personal space, so I don't even do that. And here you are. I'm like, so that's one of the ways that I've been dealing with it. Another way is, you know, sometimes, not all the time, I I talk, I either tell, if it's something really egregious, I'll tell my husband about it. My husband is white. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I have found very useful for us to have conversations about because sometimes oh, yeah, I definitely. things and he was like, wow, I didn't even realize something like that was going on. He does understand the concept of privilege. Um, and so he, when I tell him about certain situations, he's like, oh, like, this is an example of what you were talking about. You know, sometimes I talk with my oldest, my oldest son about it. My oldest son is 22 years old and we have lots of conversations about stuff like this. That helps mm-hmm. me feel better. 
Or I just go straight to my, my journal and I write about things. That's how I've been dealing. And I think it's I think it's great that that you that you have that your husband is white because I think for most as a matter of fact, we had an episode about this last season where where we talked about where a man had said to me or had mentioned on Facebook, commented on a post that I had made and, and said that why and asked me why I was saying strong black women, because women are just women and that people are just people. And I don't disagree with that. But what I do disagree with is that our experiences are not the same. Like even right. even in, even in your household, your experience is not going to be the same as your husband's. Absolutely. Absolutely not. not. Just because just not just because you're female, but because you are a black female. Exactly. And he gets not this. going to be right. Not be the same. And so I love. Right. I, I, I like that you brought that up because that's really what this entire movement is about: is to show the world that our experiences are not the same. The color of my skin determines how I am going to face the world and how the world is going to treat me. My gender determines how I am going to operate in the world and how people are going to treat me as a result of that. And so this whole thing about shifting the narrative, we are telling the world that we ain't taking it no more. (laughs) Right. We, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it. We're not taking, we owe it to our, our, forebears, our mothers mm-hmm. and grandmothers Absolutely. to say no. We're, Those who could not really stand up for themselves exactly. because they were not able to stand like up. Like this, it, this cycle stops with me. And then you know what happens, Natty? We get to pass that down. Generate. I get to pass it down to my daughters and she gets to pass it down to her daughters and they get to pass it down to their daughters. Girl, I mean, generational curses are being broken. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was thinking uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like when I was saying it's, it's a luxury for us that our, our mothers and grandmothers didn't have, mm-hmm. but our daughters mm-hmm. for them as, I mean, at least this is my goal. It's not going to be a luxury for them. It's going to be the norm. Absolutely. Yes. And this is how the world gets better. This is how humanity, if it ever decides to fully get on board, gets better. Please, Jesus. Because, Can you know, how some board, <laughs> Some people say, I've heard people say, and I agree with this, when, when Black women win, everybody wins. Everybody. I totally agree with that. And, everybody and the, wins. The problem that I have when people are like, well, why do you single out Black women? It's all women. It's all, you know, they, they try to come in and all lives matter me. It's like, look, I'm not saying I disagree with you on mm-hmm. the sense that, yes, we're all, you know, it's all women and all lives do matter. Of mm-hmm. course, I believe that. But look, Historically speaking, up to this day, this very day, in the year of our Lord, 2019, our lives have been treated differently. Our bodies have been viewed differently. We have been defined a certain way, and we weren't able to define ourselves. And more of us are doing that now. And until we are able to feel the full kind of freedom that a, a cisgendered, heterosexual white male feels every day of his life, there's a problem until we can all feel that same way. Absolutely. And all I'm telling you is that as a black woman, I've lived 45 years on this earth so far and I haven't ever felt kind of free. Never. Not a day in my life. Not because I didn't want to, Mm -hmm. but because I can't go out of my house (laughs) without someone looking at me, staring at me. 
making a comment about my hair or telling me, oh my gosh, you're so articulate. Like, what was I supposed to be? Not articulate. You're so, when these things aren't happening to my husband, (laughs) that's a problem. Even when people in your circle, Natty, when when they say, oh, you're talking white because you're using the proper Mm. grammar. Do you I got that. Know, oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Lord, do you Hemmerson. know how frustrating that is? Or even if you get labeled bougie because you happen yeah. to like, air quotes, the finer things in life. Right. You know, right. it's, it's things like that that irritate me and things like that that, that reaffirm that our experiences are not they the aren't valued, right? I, they're, and, they're not yes, valued, they're and, not and valued. they are not the and they are not the same. And that just, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be quiet until my experience is valued, absolutely. not just by me, absolutely. you know. And it's but it's mind boggling. It's like we're darned if we do, and we're darned if we don't. When I was a kid, I lived in an all black neighborhood. I very I didn't even see white people on a daily basis, on a regular basis, until I went to first grade. Like it was an all black neighborhood. And the kids tease me then because I talk proper or I talk too white. I'm like, I'm literally talking the way my parents talk. I don't know. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, and so I would try just like I would do whatever I needed to do to navigate spaces in school where there were a lot more white kids and a lot more white people. I tried to do the same thing at home to be seen as acceptable to the black kids. And I'm like, wait, so you're telling me when I go to school, I'm different and that's bad. But even when I'm at home, I'm still seen as different and that's bad. And this is the kind of thing that some of us have to deal with. And especially as women too, we have to deal with, like you said, having to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. We can't be what we need to be for ourselves. Right. Absolutely. We have to be what everyone else needs us to be. So at home, I learned, okay, I'm, when I'm outside playing, I'm going to talk like, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so I'm going to sound like I'm from the trap, you know, right. whatever. <laughs> and, you know, because I was from the hood. I, I was born and raised in the hood and I even went to school in the hood. So I'm going to mm-hmm. sound all hood. And then when I go to school, I'm going to talk like I talk with my parents and because they all see me as, ex- and it's like, why can't I just talk however I want to talk whenever I want to talk? Absolutely. That goes back, that goes back to your right to choose. Mm-hmm. To be whoever you are in your moment of truth. We have to take back our right to choose. And you even said that you mentioned that you can't walk out of your house without people looking at you strangely and, and, and questioning why your hair looks like this or why she acting this way. Girl, you can barely walk out of your house these days without having an emotion, yeah. without people judging you. That's just exactly. how serious, just, just how serious. Think back to it that. It's so serious. With Serena Williams and during, Ooh, her, during her tennis match. You, you remember that? Oh, I and, remember. And, and she got angry. And so I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm, and I'm saying in my mind that this girl is angry with just call. Yep. Because she has just been accused of cheating. Of cheating. And I mean, like, that's questioning your integrity. And so exactly. for me, I, I witnessed her and I said, okay, she is angry with just cause, but no one is acknowledging why she's angry. She's right. immediately named the angry black woman. And there were all these memes floating around with gorillas and monkeys. Racist cartoons. You know, racist cartoons. Because all because she had an emotion and she expressed 
exactly. that that emotion. Now, could she have handled it, handled it differently? Quite possibly. I don't know. Maybe so. she could have. I don't yes. know. Like I don't. Ha- I never had a problem with how she reacted. Honestly. You know. You know. May- maybe she could have. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that we have a right to express, yeah. to express an emotion. Yeah. We have we have a right to do that, and we as black women have given up that right because we are so afraid that we are going to be labeled angry, emotional, confrontational, bitter, can't forgive, hysterical, all of those things. Black men don't want to date us. White men don't want to hire us. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Those are the yep. things that, that we deal with on a date. Children are afraid of us. Children are afraid <laughs> of us. You walk down the street and people are clutching their purses. Right. You know, it's, those are the things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. We're not treated fairly in corporate America. We're not treated pa- treated fairly when we walk inside of a store. Right. Right. You know, so those are those are our experiences. And so we want to shed a light on that. We want to shed a light on our experiences yes. with and hope. also show that it's it's systemic. It's not individual Absolutely. by individual. Absolutely. Because it is not. It is not like this is oppression. Right. Systemic right. oppression. Mm-hmm. And people do not want to say that out loud. Well, it's because when we do, the everyone we get all these claps back with all of these illogical arguments as to how that's not true. It's like, no, nah, but my grandmother is, is, has never done anything like that. I'm like, well, good for your grandmama. Good for your grandmother. Stand up and correct somebody that she saw that was Absolutely. doing it. Probably not. Absolutely. And see, that is what is going to take, Natalie, for us to see effective change in our individual lives and in society as a whole. Somebody is going to have to stand alongside us. That's right. That's it. Somebody is going to have to stand beside us and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You cannot sit on the sidelines and watch these outrageous things happen and say in your mind that I disagree with it, but you take no action. Exactly. You cannot do that. Don't do that. Like, don't, don't. DM me, don't private message me. Right, and say, girl, I understand how you're feeling. You're not going to do anything to stop. I don't want to get any messages talking about how deeply saddened you are that this happened. Right. No, why don't you make a public post on your social media about how you're Mm -hmm. deeply saddened and why? Absolutely. Why don't you talk to your racist family or coworkers (laughs) or friends about why you're so deeply saddened? Don't come to me and talk about how shocked and appalled you are. I'm why are you shocked and appalled? I've been telling you this. I've been telling you this. From the job. Absolutely. What's so shocking? We did not just wake up this morning and this is, a, <laughs> this is the society that we live in. Girl, this has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. This has been us. This has been us from the jump. So Absolutely. like... The fact that you're still so shocked and appalled, that just tells me- I'm shocked and appalled you're shocked and appalled. Exactly. (laughs) Like, what kind of bubble is that that you're living in? And how can I get one? Because, yo, like, to not see this and to ever experience it. Oh, like, what is that even like? Like, what is that life like? Girl, yes. But that, I mean, like, seriously, that is is our reality. And it's, 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 it's a sad and hard truth that that is our reality. And me and Natty can go on and on about this, y'all, but we're trying to keep it short. 
Yeah, you're, we, you're right. We, you're we, right are, we are trying to keep it short, but we can go on and on about this. So we're going to kind of wrap it up now. But in a nutshell, this, there's a lot to unpack. And I'm there sure is we will so this much that, that we'll do. There's so much to unpack. But today we just want to give you an overview of some of the things that we are going to address. In season two, and it won't just be me and Natty talking. We're actually going to invite some other people in so that we can get some diverse perspectives. Shoot, we may even get Natalie's husband in here and get and get his point of view because we want some men and women. We want black and white people. We want Asian people. We want everybody to to join this conversation because it's going to take all of us to create change, and that is what what we're shooting for. So yeah, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get ready to get out of here. But at the end of the day, Natalie and I want you to have the courage to choose you. Take back your right to choose you. Take back your right to be whoever you are in your moment of truth, whatever that is. If you're angry, it's okay to be angry. If you feel like crying, it's okay to cry. Whatever it is. Take back your right to choose you. Those are my closing words for you. What you got, Natty? I just 100% co-sign on what you said. Like, really know that it's okay for you to choose yourself. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things that you do when you truly love yourself. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the more you can love yourself, the more of that energy you put out into the space around you. And it makes everything better in, for you and for everyone around you. And don't ever let anyone make you feel like you shouldn't be making those choices. Absolutely. I agree 100%. 100. 100. Okay. 100. (laughs) All right, guys. Like I said in our welcome episode, we do want you to engage in this conversation with us. We want to, we want to hear your thoughts on what we're talking about. So today I want you to head over to Twitter. We don't have any followers on Twitter right now, Natty. We need some. Shades of Strong. Follow us on Twitter. Well, I'll be the first follower now. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and tweet to us and tell us what strong means to you. What does it mean to you to be strong? What the hashtag my strong is. Tell us what being strong means to you. For me, my strong is embracing my right to choose me. Natalie's. Repeat and complete. My strong is. My strong is really taking intentional good care of myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now we want to hear what yours is. Head on over to Twitter. Follow us at Shades of Strong. Tweet us. Hashtag my strong is. And tell us what your strong is. And also follow us on all social media platforms at Shades of Strong. Across the board. All right, guys, we are going to get ready to get out of here. I've had so much fun with this conversation. We got greater things on the horizon. Like Natalie said, so much stuff to unpack. But we're going to get out of here. We'll see you right back here next Monday, same time. And we look forward to hearing from you across all social media platforms. 